Thanks for joining us for the Changing the Industry podcast, where we try to effectuate change for the better, one conversation at a time. Part of that change is providing help for those that need it. This is why we've partnered with the Institute for Automotive Business Excellence. Whether it's help with sales, operations, or just getting your numbers in order, these folks are some of the very best in the industry. And for our listeners, they'll sit down with you and go over your strengths, your weaknesses, and the opportunities that are in front of you. They'll create a customized plan for how to move forward absolutely free. That's right, free. And if your plan includes one-on-one coaching, they can also help you with that. There's no hard sales pitch, no obligation, just honest help from honest people. So if that's something that you think could benefit you, make sure you click on the link in the show notes. And now, on to the show. I remember how it used to be. The phone's ringing off the hook. Clients are coming in the front door like crazy. And here comes little technician Timmy. Timmy comes up and he says, hey boss, where's my part? Where you want me to go next? What you want me to do? Gosh, Timmy, if I knew, I'd tell you, buddy, but I am covered up. All of that stopped when I found Shopware. With Shopware, you get an industry-leading expediter right there in the software. It tells you if your parts are here, where your technician should go next, and how much time they have left to complete the jobs in the day. Go to GetShopware.com to learn more. GetShopware.com. Hey everybody, David here, and welcome to the ASOG Podcast. In this episode, recorded live from ETI Tooltech 2021 in Austin, Texas, we speak to Dirk Fuchs, the Director of Technical Programs and Services at ICAR. The repair industry is facing a fundamental change unlike anything it's seen in its history. This isn't a shift from carburetors to fuel injection or the introduction of onboard diagnostic systems, but rather a change in propulsion. As the internal combustion engine is phased out, training becomes imperative for the automotive service professional. But what about the shops that decide they don't need to bother? What about the shops that are willing to work on EVs but haven't invested in proper tooling or training? Is the solution more government regulation? Well, Dirk proposes a solution to the problem of under-equipped, untrained shops flooding the market with the cut-rate services. But before we begin our conversation with Dirk, please take a moment to hit that like button if you're on YouTube. It's quick and really helps us out. If you like our content, consider subscribing to the channel. If you're listening to this on your favorite podcast listening app, make sure you're set to automatically download the latest episode so you never miss an upload. And now, here we go. How I start off, then it's a long, long, long story with a lot of Just real quick, you work for ICAR, right? Correct. So um, I work for ICAR. I'm the director of programs and services at ICAR. So the the cool part on that is I'm responsible for OEM relationships. I speak every few days with a lot of manufacturers on the collision side. So ICAR got founded in the late 70s to serve the collision industry. There was a couple of issues in the industry that, for example, people did not know how to weld. Put a chassis together after an accident, put something on it that it holds, and it got in an accident again and people died. Mm -hmm. So this is that there was a need for an organization 
who takes care of, of the educational part of the coalition industry that people know how to really weld for a complete, safe and uh, quality repair? That's like the mission statement of, of ICAR. So, um, and you guys and I know Lucas uh, already for a few years and we <laughs> met, I think we met in Raleigh at ASTE. Yeah. Yeah. And um, I was before employed by a large German automotive supplier and this supplier sent me actually six years ago here to the United States and said, Dirk, we need a guy like you over there who, who builds us a training department. Right. This company is now the second largest automotive supplier and believe it or not, they have over 30,000 employees here in this country. Wow. It's huge. And wow. nobody That's knows that. that. I was going to say, That's I didn't know huge. that. Nobody yeah. knows them. So they're producing from automatic transmissions all those electrical components and other stuff for those manufacturers and that's where where a little bit my experience my knowledge comes in into place and icar had that need that they see okay we're getting ada systems we're getting uh, electric vehicles we're getting programming we're getting all those things and honestly the collision industry is not yet prepared for that wave right so it comes an ev in and an electric vehicle, and, and it comes out of an accident. When you look into repair procedures from manufacturers, they are written, or service disconnect, how to disconnect a vehicle, they are written in an event of a service, not right. of an accident. Right. So how you deal with this vehicle when it when it's like the whole back is somehow completely <laughs> damaged, right. yeah. the battery looks like really bad, there is something dripping out, I have no idea, <laughs> you know what it is, and so how you, are you touching that thing, what, what are you doing? You taste right. it, that's what you do, you put your finger. Put the finger on, yeah. <laughs> so th this is a huge challenge, and, and that's where I'm coming into place, and where I'm really passionate about it, is to really develop um, a training for the industry, but only developing a training is not enough. And that's right. what we were talking of, uh, I think two days ago yeah. that, that I say, yeah, I can create the best training in the world where everybody says, holy cow, I really learned stuff. And I believe in myself that I will be capable of doing this. But what is the best training worth when it has no recognition or advantage for the industry? Absolutely. And that's what I'm working on side, you know, to, to really to say, okay, yeah. how I can create benefits for the industry, for everybody around that, that everybody says, oh, yeah, it makes sense. So currently, let's say as a collision shop, so the best the difference is, and what ICAR is doing as well, I compare it always with Germany. I'm always my German com comparison. So in Germany, every collision shop is embedded in the dealer network or in a dealership. Mm -hmm. So that's totally normal that a dealership has a department what takes care of collision. So that means the manufacturer who trains the dealerships knows exactly Okay, this shop has five uh, technician collision technicians. Two are non-structural, one is structural, one is the painter, one is the estimator, bam, bam, bam. They know exactly the education and training there they got from the manufacturer. And the manufacturer mandates you have to go to this training, you have to go there, you have to do this. And you have to buy this tool and this tool and this tool. So the manufacturer has total control of the dealership's education and tooling and knows what they're doing and what they have. Here, it's a different story. 95% of all dealerships have no collisions right. in, embedded. And when there is a collision embedded, and you can't call it a collision, 
that's more like ah yeah they they have a guy who makes PDR there comes a new uh, car in a used car has a couple of dents and the guy is uh, Lucas and I have been telling you about Parts Tech for a while now and how it gives you access to unlimited parts and tire vendors and direct integration with over 35 shop management systems and now they've just launched a new referral program all you have to do is open your Parts Tech account go to my shop and click on the rewards tab there you'll find your referral URL, which you can share via email, text message, or on your social media. If your referral signs up for a new account and places five orders in the first 30 days, Parts Tech will send you a $100 gift card. That's it. Nothing else is needed. Your referrals can get you $100 just for using Parts Tech, which, by the way, is absolutely free to get started with. So if you're using Parts Tech already, start sharing that referral link. And if you haven't signed up for Parts Tech yet, what are you waiting for? Click on the link in the description or go to partstech.com forward slash podcast. That's partstech.com forward slash podcast. Hey, one more thing. If you find out that your shop management system doesn't integrate with Parts Tech, it's time to upgrade. David and I use what we believe to be the very best system on the market, shopware. With unmatched features like Parts GP Optimizer and DVX, which is their digital vehicle experience, Shopware really is way more than just a shop management software. With it, you'll be able to create an immersive and interactive experience for your client, setting you apart from everyone else using run-of-the-mill software. Are you ready to upgrade? Click the link in the show notes to get started. Fixing those dents, but real accidents will be not taken care of. They're going all out there to other, other shops, to independent shops. So who is now uh, responsible to make sure that those shops have the right welding machine, have the right skills of welding, have every tool they need, have the education, etc. And this is who, who ICAR comes in place. So right. we have assessors, they're going out there looking what, they, what they're doing, what they have, and they give uh, gold class, for example, is a required thing. And then uh, you're getting into the network of manufacturers, then manufacturers requiring this gold class, for example, a lot of them. Right. So this is the long story short about iCar, and and now I want to shift gears back to those new technologies like 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 yeah. EV, for example. So uh, as I as I mentioned, we we only have uh, that training will be only as good as 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 much as not credentialing is not the right word, but as much as uh, benefits we we creating for the industry. So with my position of talking to those manufacturers and explain them uh, what wave is coming. By the way, I don't know, you guys know, in Europe last year, 43% of every sold vehicle was a vehicle with high-voltage technology. Oh, wow. A hybrid or an EV. Wow. 43 I don't know the, the sales numbers here right now from last year. I never could figure it out. But I know we have currently 1% in the United States and 2% in California. So separating California from the U.S. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, But in that case, 2% of electric vehicles in this country are in California, 1% in the rest of the country, let's say this. So this is not a lot right now, but you know, right. we know all the wave is coming. Yeah, it's coming whether we want yeah. it to come or not. It, yeah, it, it comes. You know, exactly. So EV don't, you make a mistake. On an electric vehicle, you touch that orange cable and you have a bad day. That was your last day. So there is no room for survival. Right. So now we have that huge, huge 
knowledge gap in the industry, how you're disconnecting a vehicle, how you work safe on it. And I want to dive there a little bit deeper in. Of this course. is super, super yeah. interesting on a technical perspective, what you have to do and, and how you measure different things. Then we come now to completely new tooling. We come to new measurement methods, what we are not used in our industry and, and things like that. So the traditional collision shop has not so much they gave the diagnostic work and stuff they're subletting it out oh let body come and deal with it um but what do you want to do you have a new car comes in and we have to get used to yeah we have to disconnect that car we have to make it safe to work on can i roll this vehicle from paint booth to to another station is this dangerous i turn the electric motor all the time when i move that vehicle front and left when i turn the electric motor uh, yeah i produce electric electric electricity right so what's going on do i have to cover that cable and so on so that's things what i have in mind or what we're working on developing this training so now we come back to the benefits so um right now is you want to be as a collision shop working on in certain manufacture you know you have a big customer base maybe you work with a dealership together and the dealership gives you always vehicles from this brand mm-hmm. so you want to be certified to work on that vehicle okay then you have to go to the manufacturer training center hope you get a, uh, a spot and you get educated really well so on this education side, and, and then you say, okay, now I have another dealer from another manufacturer. He wants to give me cars as well. Oh, I have to go to this. And then the third, four, five, six. Right. What is this, what is this for a shop when they have to send a guy for a week, two weeks? How long is this training program to be certified or longer, even longer than I have to maybe go through the whole curriculum to get to the spot that he's allowed working on those vehicles? So this right. is huge undertaking for every shop to get approved by each manufacturer. Right. And this is, in my opinion, a little bit too much for our industry. Right. So I want to compare my comparison, Germany. We are back in, in the, in the fatherland. So <laughs> mine. <laughs> so in, in, in Germany is like, okay, you know, we, you, you guys know all we have a really, I think a good apprenticeship system yes, there. Very much so. So, um, it starts now that in this apprenticeship curriculum, high voltage technology is embedded. You know, and there is a curriculum what everybody's following. And this for curriculum follows BMW, it follows Mercedes, Jaguar, Land Rover, all those manuf- European manufacturers say, we're following all the same curriculum. Right. So the content was those kids learning in the apprenticeship program or on a dealership or in a college, wherever they, they, they get this training is the same training. Right. The difference is when I go to BMW, I learn where is the battery disconnect, Service disconnect. Sorry, they have a little little twelve volt loop. What you open up, right? You go to Audi. Oh, they have a battery disconnect. It's a big disconnect uh, in the trunk. You open that. You see that yellow yellow big plug. You take it out. So that's the only difference, right? Battery towards service disconnect. The system is the same. The steps you're following to disconnect the vehicles are the same. There is no difference. So. um uh, you know, and when you are educated person in this, in, in, with this training, doesn't right. matter from which, you know, okay, service is good, battery is good. I know, I know how to verify zero potential and, and know how to verify the system is safe. Right. 
So you were talking to the beginning, you hate regulations. I hate regulations as well. I'm 100% with you. <laughs> when it comes to high-voltage technology, I always thought to the beginning, ah, regulations are great, and it forced people to get trained and to be allowed to work on those vehicles. I, those are my thoughts. Is this realistic? People work on those vehicles anyway. Right. So. Yeah. It just moves them into the black market. That's always the problem. Always just, the problem, yeah. yeah. So um, maybe not the right approach yeah. to say we have to regulate something. So on the other side, um, in Germany, the interesting part is, and why Germany has those regulations in place, is there's an organization driven by the government. It's called DGUV, Deutsche Gewerkschaft für Unfallverhütung. You got it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, David, can you can you repeat it? We need to make sure you got it, David. <laughs> so, okay, what is this organization? Is a government-driven organization? What is the work accident insurance branch of the government? So every employee in Germany gets uh, gets insured by this umbrella. Really interesting is, and I never thought about it when you grew up in that system. You go to a hospital, your arm is broken. Uh, first question: private or work accident? And when you say work accident, and I say, oh, okay, no problem, then this insurance will cover you. Mm -hmm. So they're, they're sending you a letter like, hey, what was happening? You describe, okay, felt from a letter or whatever, no problem. So now we, 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 we bringing that to EV technology. This. So I'm getting shock, electrical shock, and I'm the first guy who survived 500 volts penetrating my body on working on any of these EV vehicles. Right. So I get to the hospital there. Oh, he survived. Cool. First one, <laughs> no, whatever. Um, but the, the next question is then that this organization would say, wait, you, you, you worked on an EV vehicle. Where is your education for that? Oh, uh, I don't have an education. I don't know. You know, the problem is now that whole mechanism starts rolling and I, as the employee, the, my boss has responsibility for me. Mm -hmm. And my boss gave me here a task what I was not qualified for. So they get on him. There is no tomorrow. His shop will be closed. His life will be really in, in a bad situation yeah. right now. And this is the pressure this organization has. So not the pressure, the power what this yeah. organization has. They say clearly... We want that only educated people working on that. And the boss would never give you the job then he knows when he makes a mistakes and, and, and right. dies or whatever, he is in huge trouble. Right. So that's the reason why there is a regulation and why that regulation is enforced. Then people, nobody would work on an EV vehicle when he's not educated. Everybody would say, oh, I'm not touching this. I'm not right. doing this. So this is a little bit a different story that we don't have that so here embedded in this country. But that made me think about insurance companies. So I, I, you know, we, we know there comes a car in. It's an EV vehicle. There is pressure here in this country. The car has to get fixed, has to get out. So what is the typical standard technician doing? He's doing the job. He will do it. 
We right. don't have to talk around it. He will educate himself somewhere in the internet, Google it, how I can disconnect that thing. He le leaves maybe five paragraphs out of that description or the description was not accurate, what he right. found somewhere. Yeah. But he will do it. He will tackle that job down. And this is how it works. And nobody can tell me nobody will do it. It doesn't matter if, this, uh, if he has a, a manufacturer certification or not. He has to do this job and this is his goal. What is what I can understand, I can relate to it. I right. would do it the same, honestly. I would tackle that thing down. So, but um, to help them to understand, really, first of all, we created on the ICAR umbrella a lot of safety classes. We want to to educate those people how dangerous is this. So safety, safety, safety. And we have like seven EV online classes available. They really go off safety, how approach a vehicle, what um, what doing when an accident vehicle comes in, how to quarantine the vehicle out, you know, right. and other things. But you have to think, okay, it comes at five o'clock, this car in, oh yeah, oh, this is an EV vehicle. Okay, hey, bring it in. We will deal with it tomorrow. What's happening overnight with the state of this battery? Right. I don't know. When this, and you know, when a battery starts burning, mm, that burns. The shop's gone at that point. <laughs> the shop you is you gone. have no shop. So, um, as ICAR and in the middle of the collision site, so we're serving insurers, manufacturers, and workshops, and we try to align th those components. So there is so many to it and, and, and so many what I learned in, I'm since eight months with I kind of learned so much about that industry and it's so fascinating. It's the, the best decision in my life, what I ever right. did, uh, to, 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 um, move on and learn something new. So when I talk to an insurer from a car, garage keeper insurer, for example, and I say, Hey, do you know the risks of, of what you have, what you're facing with this EV wave? And he looked at me and said, Well, hmm. Yeah, I don't know. And we went a little bit deeper and he, his eyes went up like, oh, yeah, he's right. Holy cow. There's right. much more risks. And no, it's not about a risk. It's more like what you would do to a shop who has an educated person behind it. Yeah. Would you give him a discount for his garage keeper? Hmm? Then he's educated. The, the, the potential of risks are really low. Then he knows how to do it. He maybe, he, he builds a little, uh, quarantine zone. I hate that word, by the way. <laughs> so, uh, outside of, of his shop where you can, okay, there comes a car. Let's park it outside here, 16 feet away from, an, from, from a building that we are a little bit more on the safe side when there would be something overnight. Would this something encourage your insurance company to, to really um, help the shop and say, hey, wow, you have that always in everything in place, what is necessary, and you have the education. Hey, we give you a discount. I think a reward. A reward. Thank you. That's the good word. We have to work on those rewards for that to make that training attractive. Right. So this is one part of, of my job, what I'm currently doing, to speak to insurers and say, okay, what we could do right. to ben that the shop benefits that they're getting educated on that thing. And, you know, uh, I, my goal is to make the industry safer, to not that somebody really, really makes a mistake and dies. EV vehicles are certainly really super, super safe. The systems are so safe. Yes, we hear then there is one car burning up. I think a Tesla burned up a few weeks. Hey, mm -hmm. a big, big press release. One car, you know. Right, right. You know, one car had problems. Out of thousands. Out of thousands. And 
the, the, the problems are, are so limited and the systems are so well designed and so safe. So I'm not so much concerned about that. But um, in the case of an accident, there is completely new components right. playing in and we don't know. Right. So that's one piece. Another piece, and I already went into that a little bit, is like, okay, how I can align the industry, the manufacturer, to acknowledge a training. And, right. and I want that every manufacturer's needs are embedded in this training. Yeah. That he's not going, the te technician has to go to to General Motors, to BMW, and I could name all manufacturers now and everywhere get his credentials. Then realistically, and that shows the, the German example, they're doing this training over 12, 13 years already, and this is the training in the country. I know they're working on a little new curriculum right now to overwork it, but this is the training, and this enables you to work on those vehicles. Right. Here right now, we're going always like, mm, here, no, 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 uh, you have to come to this manufacturer, do this. Right. And the difference is not, the, the biggest difference on an EV is maybe the inside of a battery. Right. So you have to see also two things. Working on an EV vehicle and be capable to disconnect the system, mm -hmm. change components. Right. Verify zero potential first, change components, verify bonding. I want to go to that bonding a little bit later and deeper with you guys. What mm -hmm. is bonding and why is it so important? Make an insulation test, check the system, everything is okay, re-energize it, make sure everything works. This is the steps in the near future everybody in a collision shop has to perform. Right. Or maybe not everybody, but every shop should have somebody there who can do these steps. When it comes to changing battery cells, open a battery, whatever, this is then considered working under life conditions. Then you go or touch life system, you can die easily. Right. This is something for my collision industry. What I think this is not the right thing for them to do. This is the dealership technicians getting educated for that. And that's what they should do. Also, for example, changing a battery. A high voltage, when you're getting a new battery, the battery comes with a base line of a base charge. Mm -hmm. And But what they are not know is how the different cells are balanced to each other. Right. So you have to change a battery. When you change a battery, you have to go into a balancing process. And to make sure every cell is usually around 3.6, 3.7, depends on the cell voltage strong. So you have to see one is 3.6 and one is maybe 2.4, one is uh, 3.0. So we want to have everything on the same level. And when you have, for example, 360 volt battery, you have to you can calculate 3.6 volts one cell. That means 100 cells are in there. And we want that all 100 cells are equal. When you have one cell what drops, really strong and it's it's far off the others that can be a big problem for the battery it can be it, it's the battery could overheat in a situation right. like that yeah. fire could Very easily mm -hmm. and, and stuff like that so really important so that's just the thing where i say okay changing a battery no that's a dealership deal or right. i don't know you know lucas you guys are in independent world so i don't know right. if if we are capable, you know, everybody who I know, I'm a European guy. I go to a European shop, my friends, they have all Easter and all that stuff. 
I'm right. sure they're capable for doing this stuff, but you need original tooling for that right now. I don't know, in a few years, maybe. Right. Um, yeah, we are here at the Tool and Equipment Conference, so I, maybe those Snap-on and others will embed that in their system. We will see. Right now, it's really strongly manufactured, but I wanted to, to say is this is a little bit more in a deeper work what we need somebody really is a specialist in that right and 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 that's that so so i don't know how i drifted to that subject and my <laughs> my, my head is spinning when you guys <laughs> wanted to let me talk about that that goes everywhere left and right so we talked about insurers a little bit or garage keeping insurers another big piece is as well the manufacturer we say okay everybody agrees one training and you said yesterday when you were on the podium one mm -hmm. really really important thing we have only a chance as an industry to to serve or to 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 um, work, come together. Come together, yeah. Yes. Work on those current problems together. When yes. everybody is doing his own thing, what is currently the case? It's a right. problem. So I'm hundred percent with you, and I support you hundred percent with that statement. And I work on that. So right. on on what on my capabilities with those manufacturers to say really we have to come together, and they are willing to. Right. Everybody who I, uh, every, every manufacturer I introduced to this training idea, they said, great, we are in. Right. That's awesome. Yeah, Can you that's imagine really there? good news. So, there's one thing, uh, we're on the general repair side, but I, th I think so much of it translates over. You start looking at what General Motors did with their Cadillac dealerships. Mm -hmm. They offered everybody, hey, we're going all EV. You're in or you're out. Mm -hmm. So we'll buy you out. You can get out right now, but you need to make the decision that if you're going to stay in this program, if you're going to be a Cadillac dealership, you have to set up exactly the way we want you. You got to put the charging stations. Everybody's got to be ready to to deal with these EVs. So what happened? A bunch of dealerships opted out. Said, "Okay, we're done. I don't want to do all that. I don't want to put the capital investment in there. I don't want to have to train all my guys. I don't want to have to find people." So now there's going to be a shortage of dealerships. Mm -hmm. They're going to keep selling cars as many as they can. Yeah, who's going to work on? Yeah, yeah. So, and from the training standpoint, when I when I talked to the manufacturer, and I was like, okay, let's see how they're reacting. I I'm building right now a training class. It's a five day training class. So for a coalition technician getting out five days out of the shop you know you guys know what that yeah, is. yeah it's a big this, deal this is a it's big a huge deal. investment so that yeah. is the reason that i have to build how you said it nicely uh, lucas you said i have to build um uh, not i lost that word not possibly i incentives let's say right, I, yeah. I have to reward. build reward that yeah, was the reward. word i was looking for thank you so i have to build rewards the keep uh, garage keeper insurance would be a reward and another reward is that everybody is saying, every manufacturer says, yep, this training, you got through that, you went through this iCar training program, you are certified working on our vehicles. You don't have to go to you each have to individual each, and exactly, manufacturer. Right. One training covers everybody. Everybody yeah. recognizes it. They recognize it. And then the insurance company steps in and says, we recognize that. We know that you can work on absolutely everything. That's yeah, It's that's revolutionary. I, I, yeah. I don't like it blew my mind when I when yeah. I heard it. It really did because you translate that into the general repair shop, where all of a sudden you're bringing people in, and, and that can go to this training. And there there are a bunch of guys doing EV training. Um, who's that guy up in uh, 
uh, in Massachusetts. Ben yeah, okay. ACDC. Yeah, ACDC. Yeah. I mean, very easily understood as one of the very top tra- trainers Definitely. in the country. Definitely. They know what they're doing. The problem is, it's one place mm-hmm. in Massachusetts. So now you're flying across the country, at least for me, or up the coast for you. And you're, the guy's out of the shop. And even even if they come back in, the, his training is probably good enough that it should be recognized by absolutely everybody. Yeah. But then it does fall down, fall into the the issue of incentive incentivization. Mm-hmm. The insurance company's like, I don't care what the rate is, what what it what it is. But if all of a sudden it's like, hey, we've now recognized the industry comes out, the insurance industry comes out and says, hey, we now recognize the additional risk in having you guys have to work on these vehicles. Mm-hmm. Because for the shops that are going to make the transition and say, hey, we are going to work on EVs, not only that, we're going to specialize in them now, like Carolyn's set up, she's good to go. But everybody else all of a sudden has to make a pivot and, and, and a shift into not just not just working on them just because they happen to come in, but saying that, hey, we're, we're set up to do this now. We're training for it. We're, we're equipping for it. We're going to be ready to rock and roll. If these insurance companies all of a sudden come in and say, hey, we recognize the risk, the inherent risks now, your your garage keepers is going to double. Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. Look at this training we've done. We're set up for this. We're tooled and we're trained. Like, okay, we'll keep your rates. Right. And, and you know. Who's so, not going to send everybody to training? All of a sudden it's like, right. let's do it now. And, and so my question is, can this apply to something like advanced driver awareness systems? Right across the board. I mean, is this just and it, safety related? Yeah, because this moves on past EV. Like you're saying, yeah, EV is important. But we were talking about it yesterday. Was it yesterday? I don't remember at this point. <laughs> so the yeah, it was it was yesterday. The the, the ADOS systems. The the how how well the tire grips all of a sudden affects the ADOS system. How good the brakes are affects the ADOS system. You know, making sure that you uh, just uh, Chuck had just said you can't dynamically calibrate a car in Brooklyn. It's not going to happen. Right. <laughs> You're not going to be able to drive it fast enough and on enough roads, this, that, and the other. So what do you do then? Well, you're just giving the customer back this car. It's a huge safety risk. We're taking on a ton of risk. The insurance companies have no idea. They they don't know. Like you were saying, they're like, hey, we never thought about this. Holy crap. What are we going to do? Yeah, what are they going to do? They're not doing anything right now. This would be the perfect incentive to push everybody into either deciding that, yay, we're going to do this and we're going to do this right. Because otherwise, we're going to pay for it dearly. You know, yeah, uh, on top of the risk, but we're monetarily we're going to pay for it dearly because all of a sudden we're not insurable. The the dirt floor shop that doesn't want to mm-hmm. do anything with training, the guy's just yep. waiting to get bought out. The guy's not insurable, and if he has a lease or anything like that, if he doesn't own the building, or if even if he has a mortgage and he owns the building, he's buying the building, he's got a mortgage. That bank wants that place insured completely. Well, hey, your business is not insurable. Now you either pay us off or 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 right. what? Like you're gonna have to move out. Or if you have a lease, the whoever's leasing that building to you wants wants uh, the proper insurance. <clears throat> yeah, you, you switch gears a little bit to to the ADOS systems. Yeah. 
I think we can talk now for the next couple of hours. <laughs> Let's talk no, about it. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, let me let me a little bit circle back to the EV before okay. we dive into that. And I want to make a couple of points what yeah. is really, really important. Um, so first of all, uh, conversations with manufacturers happening. We got really, really good feedback off to align and training. Um, on purposely with my German background and the knowledge of the German curriculum and regulations, I said a lot of the, especially European manufacturer following these regulations and curriculum and rolling this out worldwide. Doesn't matter for a manufacturer. He has good right. experience. It's best practice. Exactly. They're using this training and say, okay, we mentor, we, we make that in the United States, in China, wherever they're selling cars, they're rolling out the same training. So that's the reason that I, piggyback on the same training so yeah. why not i'm doing the same training same curriculum i'm following that so what should be the exactly yeah. the, yeah. the yeah. pushback so that's a little bit where, where where i'm going so as i said we're talking we're on a good progress we're building our training we're building our stuff we want to go live with that pretty soon we're hoping for um the the buy-in of a lot of manufacturer will we get all no Realistically, right. no. We, we we know that is going. Everybody says, "Now nah, we're doing our own if we want to do." We want to get as much as manufacturers under one umbrella. We want to include their opinions, their expertise, and everything what they need from a training to say, "Yeah, it covers all the needs for our manufacturer." At what you have right. to 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 train, and we want to go in that. So this is the strategy. This is the goal. This is strongly every day i'm working on that stuff right so that's that's on that um wait, let's let's talk a little bit about technology then i know we have shop owners here listening technicians and yeah. i don't want to talk only what i'm doing i want to talk also give them a little education as well when of we course. Have that chance. Yeah. so two things in a service well what is the number one big problem not problem so what we're doing as service technicians, I'm, I love to work on cars and you know, it got established. The first thing what you do when you work on a car in the shop and it's a diagnostic job, what do you put? You put your battery maintainer in. Right. Isn't it? You, you click, you, you want to have a good battery. Right. You want to program something, you need battery power, yeah, exactly. you maintain yeah. that. So this is established now step by step more and more. So now it comes to an EV vehicle. What we would do out of our knowledge, the first thing what we want to do, uh, let's plug in that EV and let's charge the battery that we have a good battery. Right. That would be for me the first thing. Yeah. So, and then I'm going around the car and do my steps to disconnect the vehicle. The first thing what we have to do is disconnect the vehicle from a charging station. But we would do instantly something different, what is putting me under high risk. Mm -hmm. So you have to think how a battery and a high voltage system works. This battery has contactors inside. So right. all the time you getting off your ignition on that, the contactors open up and the battery is disconnected from the vehicle. So this is, you click your button or whatever key and uh, you start your ignition, contactors close. So ignition is off, but my charger is in. You know, we're standing on a charging port. What is the consequence to charge a battery? Our connectors have to be closed. Yeah, right. So all the time somebody plugs the charging port in, my contactors is closed, the system is live and we're charging and we have... Voltage. Current and voltage yep. flowing through that system. 
So, and that's what we have to get into the first. Guys, unplug your charger when you want to disconnect that vehicle. And I swear, a lot of people not doing it, forgetting it, not walking around a car. And this is like the step-by-step approach. What we want to, what we want to teach those people. So you walk around the car, you lock the vehicle that you can't move it, that the tire can't spin. Why? You know, we would produce electrical energy and maybe a cable hangs down. It's a really smart idea, by the way, to have a, a vehicle disconnected. Maybe I hold my my inverter cable to the battery, talk to hold those those pins, and then somebody starts spinning <laughs> the wheels. Right. Ah, it's fun. <laughs> I think he will not die, but it hurts. It doesn't so, feel very nice. <laughs> it feels as though maybe we'll be... <laughs> Okay, now we're not going this route, what I had in mind. <laughs> so this is the small thing. So then, then you have to think also the collision side of it. So somebody, okay, vehicle comes in. By the way, let's take a, a lot of manufacturers have their charging port in the front. I saw the Nissan Leaf had it in the front center. I know new vehicles coming out, like those new cool Rivian cars that have their charging port front left. When you talk collision, oh, front left, great spot. That's the number right. one accident. Okay, so, right. okay, the possibilities, they're running in an accident. You know, they have, I think, they have all kinds of ADAR systems embedded and included, what minimize the accident, definitely. But accidents will happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. Environmental, you said he lives in the mountains and he has so much snow. So, you know, how weak, yeah. what, how helps in an emergency braking system when you break on ice yeah right. just slow yeah. exactly just slide okay we will have accidents so don't worry about that accidents will happen um but then you have to fix it and then okay oh we have to put a new charger on it hmm. so that the typical collision guy he takes it off he fix he makes i say always he makes his collision magic where i have no clue about it honestly i'm <laughs> like you guys so and then he wants to put his charger his new part on and it is just embedded in the chassis right so we need a good bonding the collision guy thinks ah oh, we want to protect it from corrosion and he sprays all kinds of of stuff over that spot where he fixed it also where maybe the charger is located so the bonding to the chassis is super important our system our high voltage system is an isolated system so the house electric, as you guys are, or your shop, has always a ground, you know, somewhere outside of the house. It's possibly a stick is in the ground and a, a cable goes to your electric. This is the grounding. We don't have that in a car. Right. It's an isolated system. So every component is isolated against the chassis. So every high-voltage component. So when it comes to an insulation test, what the vehicle performs all the time, we sending... We want to check, is my system insulated? So my high-voltage system themselves, the high-voltage is insulated system. So when it would leak through a housing or whatever, it would be detected over an insulation testing guard, what is embedded in the battery control unit, and checks this, and we would see, oh, charger uh, has an insulation error, shut down that vehicle. And it's safety problem and somebody can get hurt. Mm-hmm. Right. So now think when that vehi- when that component is not bonded correct, this insulation test will not include this component in this test. Oh, man. Oh, I had wow. never thought about that. Okay. Yeah. Then 
Right. It, and it then, com- then the next person who works on it or if something ever happens. In the worst case, yeah. that's it. You know, and that's that's the small things. How I check now the bonding. You don't like regulations. I don't either. But in the European regulation for electrical vehicles, it's called ECER 100. It's clearly defined how to check the bonding and what is the to expect the bonding resistance and what is, um, yeah, what is the maximum of, of resistance we allow, what we expect or what is the system resistance so things like that where i can orient orientate myself i love it i love that this is really the specs are out there you know right. we always say in our industry like uh, i make you know i'm a transmission guy by heart i can diagnose those eight speed dis- transmissions up and down and i said always you have to look in the adaptation values of each clutch but nobody really tells the industry so what is the value we expect we want to see what is the value what shows you, oh, okay, this clutch is worn out. I right. know those values and I train them all the time, but, you know, nobody talks much. It is not documented somewhere. So would it help the industry? Yes. Would makes diagnostic much, much faster, 100%. Will somebody die of it when he don't know about it? No. Right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Different story now. So now somebody can get died when he not. And that's the reason I think it's a good thing that Europe regulates this technology. We have here also great, uh, great associations like SRE or whatever. And, but we have to find as well, maybe not regulations, but we have to find maybe guidelines or something where we're yeah. really putting that stuff together. Right. Well, and, and you know, so just a thought process here, right? You, you came from that technical, you know, not the collision. You came from the mechanical side. Now, me and you met at ASTE in Raleigh. And one of the really interesting things for me is, is, is that was one of the first training events I ever attended back then. And looking at it, I keep seeing the same people at the training over and over and over again, right? We see the same people at every training mm-hmm. event we go to. Yeah. You know, you might see somebody different on the West Coast. But, you know, it, it, I guess the point is, is all the same guys are going to the training. How do we reach those collision techs? How do we reach the mechanical techs? Because mm-hmm. mechanical techs really need to know this too. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Because, I mean, even, you know, maybe we don't see the collision vehicle, but what happens when they say, hey, uh, this EV's not working properly? It's not working we're properly. Just, we're yeah, gonna it just get got into an accident. Yeah, it's coming to your shop. What do you right. do? <laughs> how, you know, how do we, and, and I think insurance is, is the key way that this happens. How do we, incite that hunger for that training and that knowledge what what are you seeing as far as that goes how do we get them hungry about it yeah hungry about it to to create it in this 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 benefits that's uh, yep. that's all about benefits 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 say okay you know honestly we have a little bit to yeah i would say a little bit to lie to maybe a lot of people lying in in regards to hey you getting this and this and this, and uh, when you uh, uh, when you when you conduct this training, and you know this training, what I'm talking, and when we talk about regulations, they have an exam on the end, right? So we 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 wanna we wanna make this training as valuable as possible, and this is not an easy thing, and right. especially for somebody who never heard about Ohm's law or was anything, yeah. it's a huge learning curve. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, we we we. we we talked to another insurer and he said after 
I had the same. We talked it's close to what we just talked about bonding and insulation resistance and how to measure this. And we can talk more about that, by the way. So uh, he said, oh, my God, that's a huge mountain to climb for the collision industry. Yeah. And it's not a huge mountain only for the collision. It's a huge mountain for the mechanical industry. So let's say you wear, you, you disconnect your vehicle. Okay, what is the typical steps of doing this? So, okay, when I'm looking to, okay, first ignition off. Second step, let's say 12-volt battery off. Third step, battery disconnect pulling. Waiting five minutes. Why are you waiting five minutes? Oh, there are con, uh, con, uh, con, uh, uh, surface charge. Oh, my, my colleague, he, sorry, I wanted to say the F word. He, <laughs> you can say it. It's cool. <laughs> he, 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 he made me, he, he says always con, condenser to that. Yeah. He's an old school guy. He says, it's a condenser. And I said, no, it's a capacitor. And he, right. he completely gets me out of my mind and all the time. And I want to look for the word capacitor that condenser comes <laughs> in my head. <laughs> and I said, Jeff, stop it. You're making me confused here. So we have capacitors. Capacitors have to drain. There is an active passive discharge. So, uh, involved in those systems and the passive discharge takes five minutes. So that's the reason we have this waiting time. But then you have to verify zero potential means you have to verify that system is really the battery is isolated from the system the battery is is shut off okay how, how are we doing this and this is um, a lot of manufacturer in their procedure show okay you take a multimeter a multimeter so i call it multimeter <laughs> whatever you select oh what the hell am I measuring here? Voltage, yeah. There is AC, there is DC. Well, where I am, AC or DC? Huh. You, you can make mistakes. Yeah. With this multimeter, a lot of mistakes. Absolutely. The multimeter, um, works with a nine volt battery, usually. Mm -hmm. Is this battery good or is it bad? So, right. you know, so I have so much risks only verifying this. Okay, I go about per accident, one click too far, I'm going on resistance. So all the suddens I make a resistance test uh, towards the battery, and the battery is disconnected, so there will come zero out. Oh, zero, yeah, yeah, I'm safe. Right. No, you're maybe not safe, well, you know? Right. So um, you can make mistakes. So what got established in Europe is a two-pole voltmeter. Two-pole voltmeter says two poles, you have two things, and the electricians use them everywhere. You know, when you want to check a GFCI, you can click in resistance in and you can check GFCI in the whole regular household, household electrical system. Mm -hmm. So every electrician has a two-pole voltmeter. This is the tool to do it. Then this tool use the source what we measure as the power source for that tool. So we don't need a battery. That's the first thing. We don't care is there battery. There is batteries in for some super functions. A lot of them has a resistance test as well. But the voltage test is completely automatically. It doesn't matter if it's AC or DC. This guy tells you 360 volts. And you know, holy cow, that thing is still life. I have a problem. And right. I don't care. Is it 360 volt, uh, point one, four, five, six, seven, eight? Your a multimeter shows you. I want to know that thing is live or it's off. Right. 
This is all what I want to know to verify I'm safe or not. I don't want to know exactly what is this voltage on that thing. So that's the reason I push. And in every conversation what I have, guys, buy a two-pole voltmeter. This is the new tool everybody has to have in a shop. And it's not expensive. It's like 60, 80 bucks. And everybody right. has to have that in the toolbox in the, in the near future, maybe already. So to do this job, to really measure, okay, I'm safe, good, fine. Now you can touch that system. Mm -hmm. So this is one tool what we have to adapt to. Another tool is a milliohmmeter. So we are used to using our multimeter making resistance tests. This bonding test, what I told you, we're talking here about values are in one milliohm. A multimeter is not capable of measuring resistance in this low area. Yeah. Right. So we need a four-wire measurement method. Four-wire means we have, uh, we applying a measurement current to the system. We measure voltage and we calculate the resistance. So the standard for a bonding test is one amp. That's the established mm -hmm. standard in our industry. So we need a test uh, tool who can apply one amp and measure voltage. And that's the reason there's four wires now, or two on each prop. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you measure that, and then it calculates you automatic. Those tools are $2,000. They're not cheap, those, those, those milliometers. So, but for a collision side now to say, okay, I put that new charger on it, I have to verify if this is okay. We need those. Right. So right. And now you have to invest in it. And now we come back to the insurers. We have to tell the insurers from the early step that this is necessary, this is life-saving, and this is the reason why the technician has to perform this test or this task and why he will charge for it. You know, we can't say, hey, you guys are the shop guys, pay $2,000 for an, 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 an milliometer, and uh, but we don't pay for you for verifying that thing is on. So this is a little thing what we, the education comes in to say, this is important. This is why the technicians is doing this. And I think um, they have to get paid for that job as well, that they're getting mm, right. their costs back. And, you know, they're performing here and a high-value task. Yeah. So um, that's a little another thing. What, that's the reason... Yeah. We have to, and this is, I'm really thankful to be here with you guys. Then I, you guys gave me the chance to, to help the industry understanding those challenges. And everybody who he listened to it knows like, okay, I have to do this. I have to do this. This is important. Right. It, and it's it, got to be top of mind, it, right? And this is, I want to be in the heads of manufacturers, of insurers, of technicians that know, that everybody knows what to do. Right. And nobody dies. That's exactly. all what, what is, is in Yeah, this was eye-opening. Yeah, I, I learned a lot. Yeah, yeah unbelievably eye-opening. And it's not even that. It's just it's it's what's the next logical step because the conversation is always like, oh, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's EV, EV, EV. It's, it's like, here. okay, what's the next step? Well, you could just sort of lay that all out. It's, well, we got to get training. You've got to buy simple tooling. Some of it expensive, some of it not. But there's certain steps you need to take next to make sure that you're prepared because when this vehicle rolls in there, you don't want to start scrambling like, oh, what was it that guy said that I need? <laughs> right, right. Have those tools ready to go. Get the training lined up and know that now I'm, I'm set up to at least start. 
And then, yeah, continued training will be an issue. And then there's manufacturer-specific training as, as the models come out. But you at least have a baseline to, to know that, hey, just these simple safety steps to make sure that I, I've got a technician uh, that I hired in, never worked on an EV vehicle, ever. It comes in, and he sees those orange wires, and he freaks out. He's like, I'm not touching that. Right. Like, I don't do want to die. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm like, well, it, it's it's not that big a deal. Like, you know, you just like you kind of laid out. Like, you can take some simple steps to make sure that now, yes, I've verified empirically, no doubt about it. This vehicle's safe to work on. I can start doing what I have to do, and then afterwards verify that it's good to go. This was awesome. Yeah, we'll have to awesome. get you back on because I've got yeah. more questions. I, I, I want to know more, and I know that that we're running out of time, but I, I want to know more. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. If you'd like to catch these episodes early, you can do so by becoming a patron. Just head on over to ASOG.site and click on the Become a Patron Now button. Becoming a patron helps support the show, gets you several perks, and is tax deductible. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and on YouTube so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, shoot me an email. My email address is david at asog.site. That's D-A-V-I-D at A-S-O-G dot S-I-T-E. Until next time. you enjoyed this episode of the ASOG podcast. Before I let you go, I need to ask you a question. Are you using the best innovative shop management system in the country? If you doubt that you are, why are you making your life harder? Shopware stays one step ahead of everyone else by bringing a clean, easy-to-use program unlike anything else on the market. Go to GetShopware.com and see what I mean today. That's GetShopware.com. Check it out. Thank you for listening to the Changing the Industry podcast. If you enjoyed the show, do us a favor and leave us a review on your favorite podcast player. And don't forget to set it to automatically download the latest episode. Our efforts with this podcast, the YouTube channel, and the Facebook group wouldn't be possible without the support of our awesome sponsors. So please take a moment, check them out by clicking on the links in the show notes.